0: Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and I am on a mission to liberate people to their authentic power and ideal self-expression. So what's a people pleaser? Well, those of us who are people pleasers are usually very loving and kind, we're empathetic, We also tend to prioritize other people's needs over our own, which leaves us feeling not seen and not heard. We're great at anticipating the needs of others and often put ourselves in second place. We're great doers and nurturers, and we often have the role of keeping the peace, whether it's in our families or in the workplace. Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is that there's nothing wrong with you. But we do wanna take some of these qualities of people pleasing that we focus so much on other people and turn them onto ourselves first, which turns them into our superpower. To find out more, listen to this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. To this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser, I am super excited to have Charlotte Crabtree with me, and so Charlotte has a really great expertise in helping people build their confidence and other things. I'll let her tell you about it in the workplace. But we know that as people pleasers, confidence is you know one of the problems that just kind of goes part and parcel with that, because as people pleasers, we're generally Thinking about all the things we're doing for other people and prioritizing that. And that, in and of itself, even without us meaning to, will erode our own self confidence. So, even though Charlotte focuses her practice on people in the workplace. I want everyone, whether you feel like people-pleasing is a problem for you in the workplace or you're an entrepreneur or whatever, and that little part of you that's like, eh, maybe I'll pass on this episode. Don't pass yet. Wait just a few more minutes because as my coach and mentor, Martha Beck, always said, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And so there are always things, even if you feel like you're pretty good at work and you're not a people pleaser so much in the workplace, which happens, some people are only people pleasers or primarily people pleasers in one aspect of their life or two aspects of their life, whatever. Some of us do it everywhere. But whether you're an entrepreneur or maybe, you know, you're uh, staying at home, taking care of your kids or whatever, the the things that Charlotte and I talk about today are going to apply no matter what your situation is. But particularly if you're over-functioning and over-giving and lacking confidence in the workplace, you're going to, you know, really, really love all these things. So with that being said, Charlotte, why don't you... Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your story, how you got to where you are, and um, maybe how you relate to the people pleaser, you know, dynamic.
1: Sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited about this conversation we're about to have. Um, So yeah, I am a personal career coach and a firm believer in people being what makes businesses successful. Mm -hmm. And if you look after your people, they'll look after your bottom line, and that. That really goes for enabling your people to look after themselves as well. Yeah. So I work with people both in sort of mid-level roles to help them feel more confident so that they can go out and fulfill their potential. And also those in leadership to help them feel more confident to trust their team and build more positive relationships that then flow down through the culture of a business so the business also has space to fulfill its potential as well. Mm-hmm. There are so many people with so much to give that are hiding it from the world because because they don't inherently believe that what they have to give is good enough. Mm-hmm. So many of us want to do more, to give more or know we have a way of helping, but we don't. We hold back because we don't want people to judge us. We don't want to make a mistake and be pushed back as a result or We've had experiences that have stung us in some way and made us feel like fearful or resentful even of trying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so my story is I spent a lot of time in my career trying to help people. I'm a helper. I can't help it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just want to fix everyone's problems for them. Um, and so I would get really frustrated when people wouldn't listen to my solutions or take them on board. Yeah. I think... I think this is a huge part of kind of the toxic side of being people pleasing Mm -hmm. Um, because what what we're actually trying to do is validate our own worth by being helpful to others or by making other people happy because we want to be liked. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's Mm -hmm. human nature. But what we actually need is love from ourselves because we are all enough whether we help somebody or not. Yes. So for me there's been a lot of trial and error over the years. Um but what I know now is that for a long time I wasn't building good relationships because I was so focused on trying to prove myself to everyone. Mm. Um so much so that I I just wasn't taking the time to actually understand people and and approach things in a collaborative way. And I realized that if you really want to help people, you have to be able to hear them. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to give them the space for them to ask for what they need. And the only way that we can really do that is by doing it ourselves first and leading by example. That's how you create a safe space for people to come to you. Mm
0: -hmm. And when
1: they come to you, that's when you feel appreciated.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That's so, oh, I love all that. So a couple things, what you've said makes me think of one is the whole not being heard that not being listened, people aren't listening. Like that is such a big dynamic. And I'm sure everybody on this podcast can relate to that and has that person that repetitively, you know, whether they're in your professional life or private life, you just feel like they never hear me. They don't hear me. They're Mm. not listening. They're not listening. And so it, it, so it makes me think, so in the show notes folks on, for my part, and we'll have stuff for, for um, Charlotte as well, but I have a podcast bundle I did for my process. I call the solve it method. So the solve it method is a way I created to really solve any problem, hence the name. Um, so I wanted to set up this podcast bundle where there's four components to it. So okay, four podcast, one podcast for each of the four to explain it so people can use it. And but I also wanted to present, you know, a problem quote unquote, the people everybody could really do. And that's my problem, what to do when people aren't listening to me. So that just strikes me as so funny. So you can get the podcast bundle um, in the show notes and then we'll have some stuff you can get for Charlotte too. But that's such a big dynamic because part of what happens in people pleasing and for anybody who listens to the intro to this podcast, you know that my philosophy is that Like people-pleasing itself, the the dynamics, the the traits of it, let's say the traits of it, there's nothing wrong with that. Like as people-pleasers, we're really attentive to other people's needs. We can usually, we're really, usually really good at solving problems, at seeing what needs to be fixed and knowing how to fix it, which a lot of people can't do. They might be able to see the problem, but they don't know what to do about it. Um, We're super empathetic, almost, you know, always very empathetic so we can understand how other people are feeling and we can get their perspective and all these great qualities. So there's nothing wrong with any of that, which is why I say people pleasing is not a problem. It's not something wrong with you or something you need to fix. But what's happened is all of those great qualities that we have because of various reasons that usually start when we're very small children. Get turned on using them for others, you know, re, almost exclusively and not for ourselves. So instead of listening, so let's we can take the listening one since that came up and say, okay, sure, I need to listen to other people, but am I listening to myself? So there's always this part when we feel frustrated because. You aren't listening to me, fill in the blank for whoever you is in your life. Am I listening to myself? You know, because that's a that's a deeper, listening to yourself is deeper than knowing you say those words or knowing you feel that way. The same way that the other person, we can tell the difference if they're, sure, they're upright and not asleep. So they must have heard <laughs> what I said but they didn't really hear it. You know. There's that, there's that other level where you know somebody's really taken it in. And so these distinctions of taking it from prioritizing all this stuff onto others so I can understand your perspective. Like in the workplace, I think this happens a lot. We're in a project or a leadership role or something, and we can understand why our team, let's say, is resistant to a project. OK, we've got this project ahead, of it, and we've got some or a lot of our team members or we uh, we can appreciate that. We can understand that because of our powers of empathy. But that can't be more important than my feelings and my perspective. And if you're in a work situation, whatever the objective that the company, you know, you or the company has created that needs to be done, that needs these people to do it. And that's where I think, now you tell me if I'm wrong, because of course, all of our podcasts here are unscripted and Charlotte and I haven't talked about this in advance in this way. So I'm <laughs> about to put you on the spot. Here we um, go. <laughs> I think confidence or the lack thereof is a lot of where then we get um, off of you know, the mission, so to speak, like in the workplace, but the same would be true in a personal relationship. Like, okay, I get how your, your perspective, it's different from my perspective and in the people pleasing, when it's in its kind of unhealthy place, I will defer or let your perspective of not wanting to do it be more important than my perspective of wanting to do it, or in the workplace, maybe, frankly, needing to do it. And if I'm lacking confidence, it's going to be really hard. Plus, add the people pleaser dynamic. (laughs) It's going to be really hard for me to lead my team into something they don't really want to do. So tell me your perspective and how you would help somebody with that. Do you think I'm right about that with the confidence piece?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a few a few kind of angles we could pick out with this as well um the first one and this is one of my kind of like go-to hacks if you like for building confidence is to really connect with your purpose so Mm. whether you're in that situation like you described where you need to get your team on board with something or whether you're um like in a meeting and you want to put your point across or you want to share an idea but you're not really feeling sure about it or maybe you are you know in a in a discussion with somebody and they might be more senior than you or just more seemingly opinionated than you or just louder than you yes. <laughs> if you know that what you have to say matters if you know that whether you're right or whether you're wrong the most important thing is to get the right result in the end, connecting to that result that you need, connecting to the purpose, it kind of takes your ego out of the equation. Like you're stepping aside and letting the idea that you've had take over. Like Mm -hmm. you're on the mission together, whether you agree or disagree, whether your team aren't on board, whether you're the least experienced person in the room, you're all contributing to the same outcome mm-hmm. and if you can connect to that purpose it's a really really kind of I'm gonna say easy for you know for in the moment way right. to just strap your boots up and go for it if that makes yeah. sense yes
0: yes, I like that because I think it gets it off of and again I don't care if this your team is could be your kids right your team could be your husband yeah your wife but it gets us off the personal um, or and or personality conflicts that we can get in mm-hmm. with people at work or, you know, people in our families, friends, whatever, where it's so easy for a conversation to go south in that way and get personally critical or something, or you just shut down because you don't want to make that person mad. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that concept, too. Um, Because I think so often as people pleasers, we we don't want to make anybody mad. We'd rather keep our mouth shut and not rock the boat or whatever. But going back to your point about the purpose, I think focusing on the purpose or the objection at hand, so this project is going to take the company in a direction it needs to go, it believes in, you know, whatever the thing is. If we can stay focused on that project, then I think for me, it helps. It does like, you know, obviously I wasn't thinking about this beforehand, but when I've been in those situations myself, thinking about the outcome instead of, ooh, you know, Charlotte's across the table from me and I don't think she's going to like what I'm about to say. And in my people pleaser mode, that would make me nervous. You know, I don't want to make you mm. mad. Maybe you've been here longer. Maybe I think you know more than I did, whatever. You know, in all the ways we diminish <laughs> our own perspective and our own contribution, staying focused on the project and thinking, oh, but I really think what I have to say could be, not even has to be, but could be helpful to get this project forward allows me to kind of bypass that part of me that's afraid because the fear, that ego part, um, I think it's super important here to remind all of us that w- when we talk about the ego this way, it doesn't mean egocentric, right? The ego drives a lot of fear because the ego is just trying to protect us from anything, you know, of embarrassment because, or what if somebody asks me a question to follow up on what I say and I won't know the answer or whatever, you know? And so the ego hops in and is like, Shh, Just just don't say anything, Brenda. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't really know, or maybe it's not important, or maybe it won't matter. But if we can stay focused on the project, then I can get into a different mindset that's like, well, yeah, I better bring this up because maybe it's a great idea, or maybe it's something I'm afraid is going to be a stumbling block or whatever. So I think that that's a really great, I can see now that I've done that, but I don't know that I've thought of it that way. Uh, So I love that you just pointed that out so we can really be conscious of, let me just shift the focus off of me personally and what my personal fears are about this and focus on the project at hand and, you know, speak up to whatever I think, you know, my contribution is there.
1: Yeah. And I love that, um, the angle on the ego as well, because the ego is our, our primitive survival brain. Like the ego is telling us, from back when we were cavemen, if you're not part of the gang, you're out, you won't get food, you won't get a shelter, you won't get warmth, you won't have protection, you'll be dead. But we don't live in caveman times anymore. That's not how the world works. So, I mean, from that to that end, you could almost say, well, what is the worst that's going to happen? If I say something, if I share an idea and they don't like it, what's the worst that's going to happen? Right. But actually... A fear is a huge part of a lot of people's working lives. And unfortunately, in a lot of companies, the culture is kind of fear based. And yeah. so there are a lot of people who have had experiences that have left them with the belief that if they step out of line, if they make themselves look stupid, if they step on somebody's toes, they'll be fired. And so actually, you can say like, well, what's the worst that could happen? But for a lot of people, they believe that they could be fired. And that is are quite a big deal. And that is, yeah. you know, a safety and security need for a lot of people. Um, so what I would say to anyone kind of in that kind of environment where they they want to share, they want to contribute, they've connected to the to the mission, they know that they need to do it yeah. is think about asking questions rather than making statements. Oh, that's and,
0: very good. Oh, everybody. <laughs> in. So true. It's not going to surprise you to know I'm not very good at that, (laughs) but I would make statements and you're right. It's a lot riskier. So asking questions, especially if you're in an environment that's already kind of toxic or you've had experienced some retaliation, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's kind of important. We, We won't take time here for this, but I'll just plant the seed that it's important to make sure that's not just in your own head. Right, because we can create that scenario where we mm. think we're going to get fired or something you know, when none of that's really happening in the real situation. But absolutely, there are work environments that are that way also. So if you're in one of those, being able to turn whatever you're thinking into a question, keep going with that because I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's great for particularly difficult environments. It's also great for people who are just lacking confidence and and want to just try, just try something. And it can be as direct as challenging somebody, like, well, have you thought about it this way? Or it can be as gentle as like, I'd love to share an idea. And actually something that I worked through with one of my clients a while ago was presenting something as an unfinished idea. So if you can step into a growth mindset, so being okay with, I don't know if you're a Brene Brown fan, but- one of her favorite things to say is having your ass handed to you. If you yeah. can be okay with having your ass handed to you and yeah. go into and go into this and say this is my idea. I'm not I'm not set on it. It's not polished, but it's the seeds of an idea and I want to get your take on it. Here's yeah. the bare bones of it. What do we think? You're putting your idea out there. You're sowing that seed. You're sharing that you have something to say. You're kind of making your mark. But it's in a much safer way. So that if everyone does turn around and they're like, "That's a terrible idea," and hear all the reasons why, you can be like, "Cool, now, now I know those things for next time."
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true; it's opening you up for yeah. that feedback yeah. instead of like, "Here's my idea, and I think it's awesome." Yeah, you're just yourself, not even in the place to, you know, you've just put yourself in a different position with it. Whereas if I say, here's the start of something and I'd really like your feedback, it's just a less threatening place for everybody. You don't have your head out on a chopping block as much and everybody else is going to feel comfortable, more comfortable to give you that feedback. Because tell me how often you think this happens, because even though I have been, you know, The queen of people pleasers in my life, and in my (laughs) early professional life, which was in leadership roles in in real estate companies, but I have a way of coming across sort of authoritatively, okay, and whatever. It's just my personality, and so even though in my own mind all these people pleaser things are going on, and I want everybody to like me or whatever, I know that that's not how other. Even when I was doing it myself in the workplace, other people didn't see it that way. And often thought I was the most confident person in the whole wide world, which was so not true. So Mm. do you ever have people who feel, I think it's probably uh, almost like overcompensating for our fear, you know, for my own, I'll just speak about myself. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, it would have been more vulnerable, going back to Brene Brown and one of her favorite topics, yeah. for me to say, I'm thinking about this or here's this idea, but I, it's kind of half-baked or I don't have all the stuff and give me your feedback. I think that, that would have been so scary to me to be that vulnerable yeah. that I would just say, here's my idea. And the people hearing that would think I'm laying out some new mandate yeah, you know, and so then there's also kind of miscommunication there. So how would you uh, help with that sort of a scenario?
1: It's really interesting that that scenario as well, because I think when we're talking about um, you know these ways that we can contribute and make ourselves feel safer and yeah. tackle our own fear, it's also really worth considering how we make other people feel at the same time and like you said the people the people in these scenarios that share their ideas so boldly and make us feel intimidated may well be in that exact same position but they've chosen that route I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shout it really loud and then you know that that asserts my authority and people will listen Yeah. yeah 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 um the more that we can be vulnerable, the more that people can be vulnerable with us as well. The more that we can communicate transparently and honestly and authentically, the more actual kind of constructive and gentle feedback we will get to it. It just creates more collaboration. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is definitely something that I experienced in my career. Um, So I used to change jobs I feel like it was a lot. It was probably like three or four times. But I would consider myself a job hopper uh-huh. because I would have these ideas. I've always been very like hardworking, smartworking. Let's find a better way of doing things. Let's make this easier because it benefits everybody. And I, like I said earlier, I would get so frustrated when people wouldn't listen to me. So eventually I would get fed up of being told to sit down basically <laughs> yeah. and I would leave. And it's almost like I was rewarding myself for this behavior. So I would be that person that was like, "Listen to my idea. No one's listening to my idea. Well, you know, I'm, I'll go somewhere else where they might listen to my idea." Yeah. But because every time I moved, I moved into a a higher role. Uh-huh. It was it was like a reward for this idea, like. Like imagine a kid in a supermarket having a tantrum on the floor, like, look at me. Like, I'm trying so hard to prove how great I am. And you're just making me feel like I'm nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, And that sounds like the behavior of someone who is very confident and thinks quite highly of themselves. But what it was actually doing was just concreting these beliefs that I had that I was nothing and I wasn't bringing anything to the table and I didn't deserve to be successful because... Every time I was trying, I felt like I wasn't being recognized. So I was just creating this cycle where my self-esteem was being knocked, essentially. Um, So I think it's so important as well, especially like you said, when we first started chatting, one of the best qualities about people, pleasers is is that we have this empathy. So if we can use this empathy to understand other people's behavior and understand that people that make us feel insecure, we're actually mirroring their insecurities. Yes. And so to just be bold enough to know that we can be the change that we want to see. We can be vulnerable and we can make it safe for other people to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And those people that make us feel unsafe right now, maybe we get stung a little bit. Maybe we take a hit. It's worth it in the end to know that we've done We've really done our best, like genuinely, authentically. We're putting yeah. ourselves first. We're putting ourselves out there. We're believing in ourselves, and in that way, we're helping other people.
0: Yes, yes, that is really beautiful, and that's so true. And I think that that's also where the question, you know, part comes in, because mm. if if we're in the situation where somebody's being very assertive or authoritative with us. You know, if we're on the receiving end of it, if we can come at them with a question about it instead of bouncing back our own authoritative pitch or whatever, you know, which is what we tend to do. We start lobbing softballs and nobody gets anywhere. So I think the questions are a really important part on both sides, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's something you're presenting or something somebody else is presenting to you. But more importantly, this ability to be authentic, to be vulnerable and to realize, I mean, I think that awareness and that lesson that you just described of taking your own insecurities there and your own frustration with nobody hears me. So I'm leaving. I'm going to go somewhere else. Like that's such a classic, I, I think everybody listening relates to that and has had that happen at least, you know, one or two times and, um, that ability to learn from that and say, okay, so again, like, where am I not listening to myself? Where am mm-hmm. I not, you know, what's being mirrored back to me, mm-hmm. you know, and what are the fears that I have that are driving that kind of behavior? Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, I know you, you have a freebie that I want you to tell everybody about for the five um, confidence hacks. So, um, well, so just tell us about that. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, it's a free guide. It's a PDF with five hacks that anyone can really use. And I had, we talked about this earlier, I'd originally designed it to help people kind of speak up more in meetings, but mm-hmm. I've tweaked and adjusted it now because I really want it to apply to everyone in any work situation or really any situation where they're just not quite feeling brave enough or they're feeling Mm -hmm. anxious about a meeting or a conversation or just showing up to work today or feeling like they're just not they're just worrying in their head overthinking self-doubting yes there's five really simple hacks that you can use Right now, every day, as often as you need to, to get you through what's happening right now, to get you through that meeting, to help you share your idea, to give you a little boost when you need it. And they're super simple. Um, It's a nice Concise PDF, so it just takes yes. a few minutes to read through. And yeah, I've had awesome feedback on it. Lots of people find it really helpful. Oh, so, good, good,
0: good. So, everybody that, go to the show notes and click on the link and get that from Charlotte because I think it will, it'll just, it'll be so helpful. It'll be so helpful because these are all areas that, you know, we're all, our growth cycle. And you said this earlier, and I loved it, just that that concept of being growth-minded, right? That Mm. we're always looking to grow. It's not like we get there, you know? So what those five hacks would have meant to me 10 years ago will be different than what they mean to me today. But it doesn't mean I don't need them today, right? Like Mm. we just kind of grow and come at, the tool from a different perspective. And it takes us from where we are to the next, you know, the next level for us. Um, So I love that and hope everybody goes and gets that download. Um, And so Charlotte, what would you like to leave the group with today as we wrap up this episode?
1: So if I was going to give everyone one piece of advice to take with them, Mm -hmm. it would be, Not to let that's just the way things are become Mm -hmm. your narrative.
0: That's just the way things are. That's just the way you don't understand.
1: That's just the way things are. That's how it goes in this industry.
0: Right. (laughs) That's how it is in this industry. That's how my spouse is. That's what my mother is life. That's the way it is. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we say that to ourselves? That's just the way it is. And it's so personally diminishing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like yeah. it just gets us in that place where how we feel, what we want, even maybe a solution we see doesn't matter because that's just the way it is. <laughs> ah, yes, it's so limiting.
1: Yeah. And so invalidating.
0: So invalidating. And so we've got the, the download that you guys are going to get. Um, so without spoiling that, what's <laughs> your kind of go-to for un, or disempowering, unraveling, whatever word anybody wants to use there, a story like that? Because to me, that's a story. And mm-hmm. I, And I often, and in plenty of other episodes, we talk about this idea of the stories that we have and kind of the, who would you be? if you didn't have that story. Mm-hmm. So what's your once you notice that story is playing for you or with a client, um, where's the first place you kind of take them to try to get out of that, to, to, to challenge that notion?
1: So there's a really great ex- exercise called putting your thoughts on trial. Um, which wow. I was actually using just yesterday with a client. And um, it's brilliant. So, it's, I mean, awareness is the key to everything. Yeah. As soon as you realize that you've got a thought pattern going on that you don't like or it's not making you feel good, I mean, that in itself can often be enough to be like, oh, I don't want to think like that. That's right. not helpful. Right. Um, but this exercise, you take the thought. So, you know, that's just the way things are. And you put it on trial. So then you would play the role of the um, prosecution, the defense, and then the judge. Okay. So you can only use facts. You can't use any any feelings, no emotions, no assumptions. You can only use the cold, hard facts. Mm -hmm. And if anything that you use has to be, you know, 100% true, 100% of the time, for 100% of people, that's a fact. Um. So you present your case as. The prosecutor, then you present it as the defense. And then you come in as the judge and you say, This thought is not, it is or it isn't. Usually Mm -hmm. it's not. It's not helpful. It's It's not true. Very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it just gives you a bit of ammunition to be like, I'm going to ditch this now. Yeah. We don't need this.
0: Yes. I think that's so great. So I do it a little bit differently, but same idea. So I, I love the way you describe that. And it's so true because usually our thought is a future thing like even mm. the it's just the way it is you know how can that stand up because at any moment in any person or any organization's life mm. a thing can happen and in the moment everything is different yeah. and so how can i really say no 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 even if i have evidence from the past that that's the way it's been mm. it doesn't mean it's going to continue to be that way. Yeah, you know, because there's just not a precedence usually for that. You know, sure, some people, some companies stay in a rut or they stay, in, but not all of them. So, how mm-hmm. do I know if I got to be a hundred percent all the time? I don't know that this one couldn't change tomorrow.
1: Or you couldn't change it.
0: Or I couldn't be part of that change. That my idea, my question, my whatever. be part of what starts to change the trajectory of that i love that that is the perfect note to leave on so (laughs) um thank you so much for everything you've given us in this episode charlotte and again everybody go to the show notes i'll have contact you know how to find charlotte get get her five hacks for your confidence and um just really really again want to thank you charlotte for being here and being part of liberate your people pleaser
1: thank you for having
0: me Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got a couple of great things in the show notes for you. So one, if you've heard me talk about a process I use with clients called the Solve it Method, I have put together a special bundle of podcasts that you can access Through the show notes, you'll get the whole bundle in one email and that way you can listen to the episodes that I recorded that explain this really simple process that you can use to self-coach and then it will also give you sort of a window into what it's like to work with me and on top of that, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to schedule a connection call because I hear from so many people in the podcast that they really connect with what I'm teaching and with what I'm coaching about, and it motivates them to wanna work with me. I would say probably three fourths of my clients over the last six months or so have come to me through this podcast. So if you're thinking about working with me, click on that connection call link and book your 15 minute call. Of course, there's no obligation. We'll talk about whatever your goals are with coaching, what you're thinking about, and make sure that I'm the coach for you. And if this is the right time for you. And then I also in the show notes have the link to my private Facebook group. So you can come join me over there. So thanks for joining me for this episode.